Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 340, and welcome back to the Front Porch. Hope all of you are doing good, whatever time of day it is, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, hope you're doing really, really great. So, so as you know, I sit out here on my front porch every single day, every single morning. I sit out on my front porch, and and so we have these bird feeders. And uh, if you listen to the podcast for any period of time, you know I've kind of become a bird person. Not like a weird bird person. Like I don't like journal about them. I don't like go to other places and <laughs> try to hunt birds down. But at least the birds in my context or other places where I kind of sit around and kind of look out. I mean, I I dig them. I've observed them now for, I mean, about five years every day. So it's interesting. So the bird that drives me crazy, I have to be honest, is pigeons. Pigeons drive me nuts. And they scare away. They're like bullies. They scare away all my these sparrows that I really love at my bird feeder. So I bought this gel blaster gun. It's like this automatic gun, and it shoots these little, like, gel, like, water-based, like, gel bullets. <laughs> and I shoot these pigeons while I'm sitting here, like, praying and, and, you know, it's like listening to the Lord, reading my Bible, and all of a sudden, ba 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 I'm, like, shooting. Patty's like, what is happening? Everyone must look at you like you're crazy. And here's the thing. I am, and I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it because I don't like pigeons, and they're taking all my bird food, and they're bullying all my, all my other little sparrows and things like that so anyway just to let you know for those of you who are asking yes i'm officially crazy um when you like birds enough that you purchase a semi-automatic gel blasting gun to scare away the pigeons so that you can enjoy your sparrows you know you've officially crossed the line uh i i really do hope you're doing good and i just wanted to say thank you for all of you who continue to listen to the podcast i love that i mean 350 40 episodes is something, you know, not to shake a stick at. Like, it's kind of an awesome, awesome deal. So, and some of you have listened to all of them. That's crazy to me. And so, I love it. Love that you're here. Love that you're listening. Love that we're figuring stuff out together. And then there's a bunch of you who give uh, at frontporchconfessional.com to the partner button. Um, Thank you. Like, really, really thank you. It means a lot. It's super helpful. It helps me to continue to do the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This passage has been kicking my butt over the last couple of weeks. And so it's 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen, And it says this, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people most pitied. I'll read it again. 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people most to be pitied. Um, I was thinking about this passage and trying to go, man, wh- what is what am I working through on this passage? And I've had to sit with it and really wrestle through it. And it reminded me of being in villages with these pastors. So we would do these pastors' conferences in Indian villages. And, and these guys, you know, they're getting beat with sticks. They beat with sticks. They're, you know, their wives are getting, the kids are getting beat with sticks. You know, some of them like really abused. Their houses have been burned down. Um, they've been shamed and embarrassed in front of the whole community and um, by radical, by radical Hindus. And, and, uh, and I remember just kind of sitting down in this pastor's meeting that we had going, essentially in my head going like, 
are, what's going on here? Because this seems crazy. And they seemed joyful. And it, it put me in a spin. It really did. Because I didn't know what to do with that. How do you, in the midst of all that you're going through, how do you have joy? How? And I would sit with them and I would listen to them talk about their hope in Christ. Talk about this life is not just about this life. It's about eternity with the Lord. And that they felt very called to do what they've been called to do here on this earth. And I just, it was so convicting, one, because it was in conflict to this very Western way, one, uh, to be a pastor, to be honest. And so for me, for most of my life, I mean, I have lived a very privileged pastor's life. I have not once been threatened because I preached the gospel. And so it was like really overwhelming. But the other thing was this, is there seemed to be something about them that allowed eternity to enter into their every day. And that was where there was joy. There was a real contentment in the Lord, a real calling in what they were doing and what they were going through. And it was so convicting for me, so humbling. And I I hope this is super convicting uh, to you because it's been deeply convicted, uh, convicting to me is that they have a joy in suffering because their value Their identity is not wrapped up just in this life. It's it's not just wrapped up in these consumeristic urges that we have. It really is found in Christ and in what he promised and what he's done and will continue to do. And so this is Paul. Like this is this whole passage is in the context of the resurrection if the resurrection didn't happen and, and things like that. Like he's trying to talk to you because they were getting there were people saying that the resurrection never happened. And so what and so what Paul's coming here is going if that's true, right? He goes like this, if in Christ we have hope in this life only. And here's what I find with so many people and I don't know if you're one of those people, but this could be really convicting. Is all your hope here? Is all your hopes and tethered here? Are you hoping that, you know, your 401k or, you know, whatever, all your friends, your marriages, is, is it all anchored in the things of earth? And, and this is what he's saying. He's like, listen, this eternal perspective that we need to have needs to invade our space today, needs to invade your life today. But so many of us, so many of us are overwhelmed by the concerns of the day. Again, I keep going back to this passage over and over and over because it really has been a focus point for me as I sit out here on the front porch. But Matthew 6 is like, don't look at the birds. Don't worry about tomorrow. Be present with him today. It's all about relationship. Be present with him today. And Paul is going like, look, we're so present with all these other things that are just robbing us of life. The amount of energy, the amount of anxious energy spent on trying to figure out the unknown or our value in the wrong things. In a politician. I mean, come on. We're about to enter into a political season and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm just I'm just begging God that Christians, Christians would not get sucked into the vortex, the toxic vortex that, 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 that everybody seems to be wanting to jump, have you jump in. Christians should be like, no, 
No, because if that's the case, I'm to be pitied. If I'm to be pitied. If it's all about a politician or it's all about a 401k or if it's all about my wife meeting my every needs or my kids accomplishing all that I never did, then, then that's a bad place to live in. And no wonder, right? No wonder so many people are hurting so bad. No wonder depression is at an all-time high. No wonder. No wonder that the, the amount of meds. I mean, I, I read a statistic recently. I can't remember it fully, but it had something to do with the fact that, that like one in four or one in three women are on antidepressants. Something like that. I think a man is like one in five, one in six, something like that. It's like this mind blowing. And that's no, no shade on those of you who are taking those medicines. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is something is going on. We're focusing on the wrong things. And so this is what he's saying. If it's just about this life only, he goes like this. We are all a people most pitied. If our whole hope is wrapped up in the, this earth, as if Jesus didn't die and resurrect and promise us that he is creating a place to be with him for all of eternity, we're to be pitied. Like he's essentially saying, if we don't have this, if you don't have the resurrection, if you're not living into the promises, his kingdom come and his will be done, then you're to be pitied. And I actually think that word is an appropriate word for us to really, he's trying to say something like a father so passionate to these people and to you and I 2,000 years later. No wonder. No wonder we're so hurt. No wonder we're so confused. No wonder we're so broken. No wonder for so many of us are so used, right? Because all our identity is wrapped up into the things of this world. And here's, this is the, the thing that I observed in these Indian pastors. And I've been trying to practice in my own life is what does it look like to allow eternity to invade my today? Like we're always thinking about eternity like I got to get out of here right? Eternity's coming at some point. No, no, no. We're living in eternity right now. Now, the theological, and if you've listened for any period of time, we've talked about this a few times, but the theological term is already, but not yet. He's already come. His kingdom is already here. It's just not yet fully fulfilled. Like, yes, we're still going to cry. Yes, there's still brokenness. Jesus even promised it in this world you'll suffer, but take heart. That's an eternity statement. I've overcome the world. That's embracing eternity. That's living into the promise of resurrection promise, a resurrection life that we can live today. But because so many of us are focusing on all the problems, all the things that we don't have, all the things, all the regrets, we don't get to experience eternity today. Do you know that relationships exist in eternity? Do you know that we'll be eating and enjoying one another, eating food, enjoying. Like, I, I, I believe we're going to be surfing in heaven. Like, I'm, I'm stoked about it. Like, the best things about earth. But, but perfection. But the bigger thing is, is that we're going to be in union, full union, pure union with the Father. And that happens now. Let's get, let's not wait. Let's live into it now. Let's live into the promises now. Let's live into eternity right now. We're living in eternity right now. 
It's not like death and then eternity. No, eternity is here, now. It continues on. It's life and then life into the next life. That's eternal life. But it starts now. And I think so many of us are like, get me out of here. Or I can't. And once I die, then I'll have all the good stuff. No, 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 no. It's right now. Right now. But it does take a focus of your heart. It does have you waking up and going, wait a second. I just woke up. There's awesome stuff that's happening right now that he's invited me into. I have intrinsic purpose right now because I woke up. And I want to live into that purpose, that calling, that union with him right now. Don't wait. Don't wait right now. And I wonder how that might shift your attitude. I wonder if that might shift your heart, your focus. I wonder if it might take that soul that's really sick and start to bring it health and breathe it health. He's near to you. He loves you. He sees you. Not saying there's not hard stuff. There is. There's painful stuff. Bring eternity into that painful stuff. That painful stuff does not define you. This is what Paul's trying to say. It doesn't define you. It is real and is not to be ignored or to run away from. But how do I bring eternity into that? The things of eternity into it. How do I bring joy into that? How do I bring peace into that? As opposed to allowing myself to be so self-consumed, so obsessed with that reality. No, no, no. I need to bring eternity into each one of these things. Because eternal life starts today. You're like living in it right now. Eternal life is today. So live into it. Live out of it. And so the question I would love for you to to work through is, are you waiting for eternal life or are you living in it today? Are you waiting, oh, oh, once I die, then I get this great thing? Or, no, 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 it's right here, right now. I get to enjoy it today, participate in it today. Thank you, God, that I am not defined by the constructs of this world, by the pain of this world. No, you You, O Lord, have given me life and life to the full that I experience today and carry on into eternity. That's the great hope. That's good news. Jesus is here right now. His kingdom is here right now. And his kingdom will come in eternity. We're participating in today, anticipating it tomorrow. That is the beautiful, beautiful gift that we've been given Lord, we need you. Thank you so much for this promise. Oh, it's been so good for me, Lord. Thank you so much for this great reminder, this great focus that you're allowing me to understand, allowing us to understand. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Till next time, cheers. Cheers.